communication and loving yourself. You're listening to Lauren. And Vix, we are two queer babes from Melbourne, Australia, who are obsessed, delighted, and very happy to be talking about sex, love, dating, body image, all that good shit to you uh, through this fucking podcast. How great is that? We've got a couple of interesting questions for you today in this area. We have uh, managing a burgeoning teacher fetish, as well as why it can feel so goddamn shameful to seek out penis-centric sex toys. So as a show, we like to offer listeners a space that is judgment-free, feels cozy, feels a little bit safer than a lot of other spaces out there. We're not here sitting down to turn you on or arouse you. We're here to give you that you know, sex posy aunties or friends type of experience. You can ask us anything. You can talk to us about whatever. We will share our misadventures, our experiences, our curiosities, what we're interested in. And we're just really interested in trying to build a, a zone that is as shame-free as possible. And we create this show to work on our own shame, to let it go, to share what's worked for us and how we've kind of done our own sexual relationship, dating, healing and the adventures that we're going on. So if that sounds fun for you, uh, buckle up, um, sit, have a fun little listen. But it's important to know that we're not professionals, we're not psychologists or relationship professionals in any way or doctors. So we just hope that if this kicks off any curiosities or interest for you, uh, please go and see some licensed professionals. Alrighty, and on with the show. So Vix, we were very excited about this juicy little pair of questions that we've got today. Both of them have got depth, breadth, complexity. I feel like we're really excited to jump into them, hey? I've been fucking frothing to get back to recording and have a big old fucking chin wag about this shit because I just feel like there's some things that I think a lot of people could relate to. I think there's going to be a lot of discussion that is applicable over a rather wide range of uh areas in in one's life and experiences and um you know I just love sharing my opinion for all the people to hear love you listeners <laughs> thank you so much for your time <laughs> yeah so I think for today we've got two really awesome juicy big questions we'll talk more about it at the end but we are getting through season two there isn't that much time left to get your questions in so feel free to take a pause run on over to our beautiful website to our socials and chuck some questions in if you want to be a part of it before the season ends but without further ado vix please take it away dear wonderfully done this might be an awkward one i'm 21 and i have a teacher fetish I have a big crush on a university subject coordinator, but I understand even though I think he's into me, I probably shouldn't pursue it. I'm thinking about seducing my drum teacher that I see once a week for private lessons. Does it make me a bad person if I do this? Is it always 100% morally wrong to sleep with your teacher? So despite being kind of a short question compared to some that we get, this one is definitely, you know, a little bit curly. And I feel like there's quite a few different sections to go through. Where, where do you think we should start? I agree. I think we should break it down a little bit. Let's hone in a little bit first about the overall subject of teacher fetish or teacher fetishes. What is it about teachers? Because... This, I would say, is very common. I'd say it's absolutely a trope that I see a whole lot in porn, often with a female teacher and a male student kind of thing. But this definitely isn't uh, 
isn't sort of beyond the norm or within a, within a common range. Lots of people would have exposures to it. I think it's really worth breaking down what is it about teachers that appeals to this person, right? Is it the age difference? Is it a power imbalance? Is it being told what to do? Is it a uniform or a certain kind of look, like a librarian kind of style? I think it's really worth this person sitting down and breaking down the fantasy a bit more into the different elements of what is it about teachers that they're into to kind of understand it a little bit more. Well, that's the thing, right? Because like, Maybe there is like deeper depths to it or maybe, it, you know, there's lots of fantasies I think that we have that actually don't have that much substance, you know, like maybe it really is like that all is actually necessitated is like a tie and a short plaid skirt and uh, and a DS dynamic of some description kind of following, I guess, some nor normal uh, bunny is like impact play with a ruler or <laughs> you know just some like yeah differently differently dressed everyday kink activities like I'm really interested in yeah like like does it have to it, it, I almost wonder like do, is it supposed to have these hooks into real life is this actually is it actually that they're like feeling naughty. Is it the the off limits kind of people and either like proving like proving to yourself that you can get them? Like, yeah, there's there's really it, it's so hard to know what's going on inside somebody's head, right? Like, what what is the uh, allure? Like, uh, and I assume these people are are older. So yeah, is it is it that age difference? Like, have you been attracted to people who are older than you for long? Oh my God. And also I just had to, I love how Lauren, you're like, uh, mostly it's like lady teachers and like boy students, you know? And I'm like, I feel like I'm like way too deep into hit porn land. And I'm like, no, it's always like, like dude teachers, like fucking the shit out of. <laughs> yeah. I actually think that's me just dobbing myself in with a lot of like femdom, <laughs> like search <laughs> results actually. Now I think about it some more. Yep. Yeah, I just wanted to like call you out in a subtle way with my like um, pathetic, uh, overly hit self. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, there's, there's no pathetic going on here. But yeah, I do think it's interesting. Like the teacher dynamic. Where is it? Like, are you the Lolita who is so hot and overpowering that you make a man do something that he shouldn't, or is he the, uh, the dirty, the dirty teacher that crosses boundaries and corrupts the young girl? Like. There's different angles to it, so what kind of angle is it for this person? I don't know that it really comes too much into play in terms of my advice on going for the drum teacher or otherwise, but I always think it's worth us being able to break down and articulate what's hot about something, because that's often a good breaking off point to say, well, I'm into the power play part of it, so then you can jump off and look at other different um, areas and interests and things like that. But Let's break it down to this question, Vix, of is there really a difference between the university teacher and the drum teacher? Is one, is the drum teacher a, an innocent, okay choice compared to the university teacher? Like, what makes it different between the two? Oh my god, huge difference. 
<laughs> uh, university crush. Um, there's a really fucking huge, very real power dynamic in the mix. It's not one that you've constructed with consent between the two of you as adults outside of any of your other everyday goings, comings and goings and other relationships. Like this is an established power structure, power dynamic where you are getting an education at this person's place of work where no matter, I mean, it's hard to say, I don't know how they feel. I don't know if they do have a crush or I it's the thing, right? Sometimes when we have crushes, we can manifest people's uh, behavior being flirty or showing interest when, you know, somebody might just be doing their job, you know, and uh, associating with uh, having contact because, you know, that's what they're, kind of meant to do like when you kind of make a choice to blur lines with um in places where you have to spend a lot of your time where you're doing something important like education like that's one of one of one of the bigs in life you know education and getting a job you know they're two of the <laughs> two really really core areas of how we spend time at different ages in our life um and throughout our lives of course education at all ages meow 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 but you know, I just kind of get worried with things like this because I feel like I I learned very, very young, like, don't shit where you eat. And I feel like this keeps ringing through my head so strongly every time, you know, I think about this question. And the thing is, when you shit where you eat, there can be a lot of repercussions that are really hard to measure post making that move. You know, once you take things further it's really hard to take that back. That's kind of a, 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 a done deal. And, you know, you're not already in an agreement with this person on like what's what's appropriate and how it's appropriate to speak to each other. So I just feel like you're definitely in like a legitimately more vulnerable position. Like, and then I feel like then there's drum teacher over on the other side, you know? And it's just kind of like even the way that it's been described in the question, I think is really interesting, you know, because it's sort of like, is part of your fantasy the seduction element of, uh, you know, it, it isn't, you didn't really sort of describe like wanting to get to know this person, like instead of seducing, perhaps like could part of the fantasy be maybe some direct communication, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, do you really care about these drum lessons? Are you learning really good drum techniques? Is it something that you really enjoy as part of your week? Or do you just enjoy it because you like looking at the cutie? Which is like, I, you know, I get it. Like, been there. There's lots of things I've done in life, you know, because there's been nice people there that are nice to be around. Like, that's that's part of life. Yeah, I just think it's really important. Honestly, for both of these human beings that aren't just kind of like, fantasy dolls like these people are trying to do their job this like anyone else that we express interest in like they they might not want to continue you know private lessons or be associated with you in the school or 
it might change how they behave or if there's a no are you prepared to take that seriously and you know respect that and put the seduction on the shelf and carry on with the learning or are you more the sort of type that is like I'll burn it to the ground if I don't have what I want I don't know like or maybe it's like oh cool I'll find a new teacher like there's just so many questions Lauren but yes that was a very like long answer to I feel like the university crush slash the freelance once a week drum teacher extremely different power dynamics extremely different situations but maybe with the same approach that maybe requires a bit more consideration to them as people totally and I'm absolutely here with you like I'll show my hand here and just say I don't think that this listener should be seducing either of them Definitely not the university teacher, and I don't think they should go after the drum teacher either, because the drum teacher is still just doing their job. And like you and I have been in customer service roles where we're paid for the customer to have a good time, and we're the one that's polite and positive and sweet, and maybe we're a bit funny, and it's nice if you get along with your students and things, and like I've been a tutor before and stuff. It's then super awkward when someone else is like, I'm going to make this sexual. It, it's just super uncomfortable and kind of creepy. And this person being like shopping around for teachers to find one that they can bang. Like, like that's pretty yucky. <laughs> like, as you say, they're not sex toys. <laughs> yeah, no, people, 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 people. And that's, you know... I'm not saying that I I think conceptually like this is wrong or, or anything like that by any stretch of the imagination, you know, sort of like even bringing up the topic of morals, like that's interesting because when you say that, whose morals are you talking about? Is it your morals? Is it their morals? Is it the world's morals? Is it your friend's morals? The <laughs> only you know what is right for you and how you want to live your life and I'm sure that will change over the course of your life I definitely know that you know my I feel like my deepest core morals have been the same I don't know since my teens early 20s I would say but definitely there's been a lot of refinement there's been a big lot of changes in what I thought was important to me what actually is learning more about you know how the world works both how it actually exists now how I relate to it how it relates to me like there's been there's been some pretty fundamental changes there and you know I've had a I've had a scenario where you know I I, I kind of had something like this happen, um, but kind of like a little bit different, not super like hardcore or anything. Like while I was at uni, I, um, I was doing a lot of like startup stuff and a lot of, um, yes, like startup weekend design challenges, that sort of thing. And I put together this university group and, um, I guess I was flirting a bit with um, one of the mentors. So he didn't like work directly at the university, but you know, we had, we had a, a power dynamic, but you know, I was 21 or 22 and I just, I didn't really understand that at the time. I just kind of thought it was, it was interesting. And I guess I thought he was nice and I liked the attention. So yeah, it actually turned out that he lived just around the corner from me and he started like flirting with me in Twitter DMs and I flirted back. Yeah. And then we, we did end up 
hanging out, aka, you know, me going to his apartment and us starting to watch Flash Gordon and then some really pathetic, disappointing sex. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I think I saw him maybe one time after that where I think I was messaging him while I was quite drunk and then went over there like a bit, I think I was like a bit too drunk and, and then I, I didn't see him again. But I don't know, I just felt really... I felt really kind of funny about it. And the thing is, because like after that, I started working in, you know, tech startups. And that was, yeah, kind of where I was spending my time. And I still remember then later being in a, um, it was either, I think it, it wasn't his job interview at a place I was working with, but it was kind of, you know, a discussion around him and and me being asked for sort of my input and I just remember feeling a bit like oh how do I kind of be like I think this guy's kind of a creep like and yeah yeah it, the whole situation it kind of felt like it could be hot and could be interesting but it, it wasn't really that interesting and um I, I guess I kind of wish I just hadn't <laughs> I've definitely learned that through life like um, there's lots of things like that sound to me like they'll be hot, but, uh, it's very different when you're in the moment and especially different with the people that you choose to invite into the sexual parts of your life and how they are interconnected in the everyday parts of your life. Sorry, I fit that stumbled into a big story that I feel like I've just like pulled out of my mind that I forgot <laughs> about. <laughs> No, I think that's really great. Like, I think it's important to illustrate how much we can feel like this is hot and I'm empowered and cool and this older person is attracted to me and I'm, you know, and I can sort of like make this happen. And then later you end up feeling like, ooh, that's actually maybe a bit creepy. They probably shouldn't have done that. Their boss wouldn't have been okay with it. There was some poor judgment on their behalf and they're actually the person that should have been more responsible about a lot of all about a lot of all of this that's going on. And like, even if you think it's a hot idea, you might not be really conscious of how you're being taken advantage of at the time. So genuinely, you know, for me, I feel like it's just not a great idea. If you think about what the worst consequences could be for you and things like that. I do think there's the difference between the university teacher and the drum teacher, but you know, this whole question of how could it be wrong, how could it be unethical or just be a bad idea, I think it's very soundly in the bad idea category. And you don't need to make yourself feel really intensely bad about morals or ethics, but just a bad idea in terms of the consequences for the target of your seduction, but also the potential consequences for you. And how much do you really understand it? Like you said, this person, we don't even know if they're that attracted to their drum teacher. Maybe they're just turned on because the person's a drum teacher in which case I don't know that it's the best thing to like engage with but yeah to base complicated. an experience on yeah it's like these things are super complicated you know it's like I, I I don't think that the fantasy is inherently good or bad like it's gray like a lot of fantasies like the stuff that kind of makes things I think good or bad is it's kind of the parameters you make around it and it's and it's how you go about doing it and it's who you go about doing it with and like I I feel like it's important to say like that it's it's as a young adult like it's your responsibility to to take care of you and to be accountable for your actions and like yeah I just feel like 
yeah, I, like you don't know these people. Like if if you sort of put yourself out there in a vulnerable way, like are they going to like like be respectful to to you, to your feelings? Like it just yeah, it's a it's a it's a blurry lined area where I, I feel like I don't like things like this sometimes for in my in my life. I, I, not that I don't do things that I <laughs> that I shouldn't do. I do lots of things that I shouldn't do, and I'm like afterwards <laughs> just like, what the fuck? And it's like no, but I had horny sex brain. Like I thought it was <laughs> I thought it was such a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Sobi has to fucking deal with the consequences, you know. And sometimes it's it's a bit shit, and then you just have to live with it. Whereas I I think that there's other options perhaps to meet these these needs in ways that that could just be a bit safer for maybe not imploding other facets absolutely absolutely i think we've talked a lot about like potentially seeing a professional this would be something that most sex workers would be so well armed to give you an amazing teacher role play experience or if you know what kind of teacher experience you might like to have it's the kind of thing that feels very approachable for a lot of partners you know you're not asking someone to pee on your face like you're asking for a little bit of teacher role play and I think that's very approachable for a lot of people. And I definitely encourage this person to do it. They haven't mentioned trying this or being unsatisfied by it in the rest of their life. So I think this could be a rich outlet for them. You know, they're, they're 21. They haven't been having sex for, for that long. You could have some awesomely hot, cool uh, teacher role plays where it's totally fine to be over the top and sexy and quote unquote inappropriate. Yeah, that's the thing, right? You can like still have all the <laughs> inappropriate naughtiness, you know, without it kind of having deeper ramifications for your life. Yay! Like that's the thing, like teacher fantasy, I do feel like it's a, you know, it's a real common classic. Like I would be a fucking liar if I said I didn't I haven't had those kind of fantasies many times. I still literally like the last time one of the last times I went to like an antique store with um my partner and um was pulling out you know the the long wooden rollers <laughs> um and just kind of trying to like you know push us perhaps that way of like wouldn't it be so nice to get some props for like some some fun planned sex together wouldn't that be cool I could you know I definitely I feel like in the way where you're like, am I deeply inappropriate? You know, because I feel like my, in my brain, it's so interesting getting older, right? Where like, I feel like I still think of myself as like a young woman and I'm like, bitch, you're on the fucking preface. Pre oh my God, precipice. <laughs> precipice you're on the precipice of 30 years old like it's probably not so cute anymore to be fantasizing about getting fucked in tartan skirts like maybe there's like some new different fantasies but also in the safety of bedrooms slash other safe places that I choose to have sex in like you can do whatever you want and that's beautiful and exciting you know so is there a way that you can create this fantasy with um a willing participant or two I don't know maybe it's a fucking duo of teachers like uh, and you've been very naughty I don't know I well, that's the thing right of like what what bit appeals to you what happens in this fantasy what does it look like how do you want to feel if you want the teacher fantasy and if you want the drama of the teacher fantasy 
it's probably best for it to be a role play because I think seducing a real teacher, you don't talk about how they're your teacher. <laughs> like I think, I think by that point, if a teacher is coming onto you and being seduced by you and then keeps acting like your teacher the whole time, that's really red alarms for me. Like I think if you want a concentrated 110% teacher experience it's going to be role play or with a professional <laughs> yeah man ooh, enjoying the 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 power dynamic too much oh my god this makes me think of an episode of fucking broad city where um abby is ends up flirting with an old teacher of hers um on the apps and then invites him to uh, um the the I think the place that, that Alana babysits at. And so he comes over, but every time they like start to get down, he wants to sort of like baby talk to her, like his young student, you know? And she's kind of like very quickly like, oh, <laughs> Uh-oh. like, is this going to happen the whole time? Cause it, that's the thing, right? In her head, it's like, oh, this is kind of hot. You used to kind of like teach me. And then it's for him. It was like, yeah, you know, I found you attractive when you were underage and now I'm so glad that I get to sleep with you. So obviously you're, no! in, the, you're in the situation where, you know, you're obviously not underage, but I feel like it definitely is a bit of a red flag. If the person who is literally in quite a serious way, potentially jeopardizing the rest of their career to like have this experience. Uh, like, I don't know. Like, is that the sort of person that you should be fucking around with and inviting into your life? Like that sounds kind of like scary chaos, to be honest. And like on the list of like self care ways to look after myself. I probably wouldn't put that very high. On the, <laughs> uh, on the list. Yes, do not invite in the sexy chaos that is not invited and controlled and won't hurt anybody who's involved. But yeah, so just to summarize, I mean, we're encouraging you uh, not to pursue this, I would say. I think it's fair to say we're encouraging you not to pursue this with your teachers. Explore this in other ways. Don't stress all the hell out about it being super immoral. You're probably sexualizing the immorality bunny ears part of it a little bit anyway. But just think about it as it's a bad idea. It could be bad for you. It's very likely bad for them. Uh, and yeah, just explore it in other ways. Uh, but don't shame yourself for having the urge because a whole lot of people are there with you, I'd say. But yeah, thanks for the complex, interesting question. Yeah, and honestly, go get a field account and pop on there, like, wanting to explore a teacher fetish, you know? Come and spank me with a ruler or whatever your other very particular things are. And maybe see how that feels first, you know? Maybe you don't like it as much as you thought you did. Or maybe you actually want to be a witch and a wizard. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of different fantasies you could be having. Maybe you're a fairy and it's a big scary goblin. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of choices out there and a lot of fun to be had. Alrighty, Vix. Well... That was really fun, very complicated, lots of feelings. And this next question, I think, is in a very similar vein, but a very different kind of speed. So let's move on to our second letter. Dear Wonderfully Done, I have a question around male bunny ears, uh, for quotations, sex toys. As a person with a penis, I feel stigmatized about buying a sex toy. Could you give advice around how to deal with these feelings and maybe help me explore why I feel so ashamed about this? Dear listener, there is stigma about sex toys. It still totally exists. People still feel like 
they shouldn't need them, or the sex toys are replacing things, or like covering deficiencies, or you know, weird alien items, or even like too indulgent. Like there is still there is still internal stigma, there is still internal shame around buying sex toys. A lot of it has been decoupled, a lot of it has you know, become a little bit easier with time, but especially if you don't talk about sex toys with your friends, I'm sure you have not talked about it with your family by the sounds of it, there probably is still this alien thing about the whole category of sex toys just in general. Yeah, that big like, is this okay to talk about? I just wanted to start with being like, um, well done you for realizing that this is something that you had some feelings around that maybe you wanted to untangle. And I'm really glad that you sent us this question because I think it's a really important topic. Like sex toy shame sucks. And I mean, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, I feel like we live in a very anti-pleasure society. Um, and I mean, literally, if you're not having these conversations with the people in your life, and you're seeking information online, you know, for a long time, there wasn't a lot of information. And now there's definitely accessibility from a broad range of different kinds of creators, all kinds of people with different kinds of voices and different kinds of interests exist. But the accessibility of finding a lot of that information across popular platforms, like it's literally demonized and hidden. And (laughs) like, it's a very uh, sex negative overall culture in a lot of the spaces that we spend a lot of our time. Like, and if this this shame has been sitting inside you in a way that maybe has been hard to articulate for a long time, like, no wonder you're bloody feeling a bit funny about it, you know? It's absolutely true. I feel like there's still a hierarchy of the best kind of sex and the best kind of sex is like, partnered sex, penis and vagina sex, sex where everybody comes together and it's amazing and it's fireworks and it's a million other things and that anything that you're using items is shameful or not as good or comes from a really negative place. And I mean, even when I think about stuff like, what is it, like American Pie and stuff where dudes are masturbating but they're using things that they quote unquote shouldn't use like food or whatever else and it's like, it's a joke. I feel like there's such a thing of sex in the city and conversations about women and women's sex toys. We've almost come to a point where women and sex toys have a liberation kind of association. And with men, there's still like a, it's just nerds that have fleshlights kind of thing. Or like, you know, it's sad if, you know, it's just anime guys that want to fuck silicon butts and stuff like that. And there's still, there's still shame just getting thrown all over the place, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I feel like it really is still treated as like salacious and sad, particularly for men, male, penis owners, sort of this kind of area of of people, you know, and like, <laughs> like, it just, you know, whenever we talk about sex toys, it always makes me think about like my early, early experiments with them and sort of <laughs> different various shames around them like I still like I still remember you know discussing with my girlfriends like even about like women young women vulva owners ex, you know uh femme femme raised people like I didn't know that as someone with like a vulva and a clit that I could masturbate because nobody ever talked about that in sex ed they only talked about men jerking off 
And that was kind of all there was. So I kind of like learned about that and, you know, like books when I was a young teenager, but then sort of like as late as 21, like talking to friends and having them say, you know, that they didn't touch themselves at all. Like, and that was if they were going to have like pleasure or get off, that was just like something reserved for being like with a partner. And it's like, but these were the the same sort of friends that I had where the first time I brought home a rabbit, they all shamed me for how big it was. (laughs) It's super ridiculous. I mean, I remember one relatively well-adjusted teenage girl in my all girls high school that was honest about, yeah, like I, I have a sex toy and I use it. And I think we were, I don't know, 14, 15, maybe, maybe less. I don't even know. And she got relentlessly bullied over the fact that she, that she masturbated and she didn't disclose it in any kind of an inappropriate or weird or bizarre way. Not that that would even be worthy, but it was accepted that dudes just jerk off. Like dudes must just jerk off all the time. And like you said, like I understood what, theoretically a guy would like on their dick before I understood anything about my own plumbing. Like how ridiculous and sad is that? How patriarchal is that? (laughs) But there still is this thing that all a guy needs is to jerk off. And in terms of sex, all he'll want to do is this list of things and he won't have interest in all this other stuff. And when it comes to sex toys, like sex toys open up this whole thing about how you can indulge yourself and how you can look after yourself. And I don't even think guys think, a lot of guys think about how to sensually treat their penises when it's not a partnered experience, you know? No, I mean, I, I at least from what I understand, I'm like talking as a, as a cis woman, um, I haven't had the experience of having a penis or being raised male. So I'm only talking, talking, of course, from my, my outside perspective, but you know, I just don't really think there's a lot of focus around like actual, like soft self pleasure and kind of like a nice sexy way. Like, I feel like even like sort of like jerking off, you know, I'm like, it just seems so aggressive. And I mean like the action of it a lot of the time, (laughs) look scary aggressive to me like um and and I feel like you know it's like still still a common trope for like that men are much more interested in porn and sex than women are but like I feel like yeah the conversations just aren't very soft and I and but I guess you know the lack of like soft emotional conversations or like self-reflection um and on pleasure centric topics like do, do men discuss these things very often as a whole I feel like they don't like I don't think I know like I think even with male friends that that I know they'll fess up to having like fluffy handcuffs or some of them might even be like yep you know they have a vibrator to use on the clits of their partners or whatever else but they won't talk about, you know, um, masturbation sleeves that they have or, you know, anything insertable that they use for them. Like, that seems like it's a whole other level of, like, vulnerability instead of this, you know, it's not cool, you know, for guys to have sex toys or use sex toys kind of thing. And, uh, I mean, I think an element also can be, like, if this person is interested in prostate massages or anything that's insertable, you also bring in this, like, gay panic thing even if this listener probably feels like they've got no qualms at all about anything that's queer 
the way that you're treated that can be quite homophobic anyway, still. And if this question asker is interested in things like prostate massages or insertables, it can also spark a little bit of this sexuality crisis kind of a feeling sometimes as well. Even if they feel like they're very secure in their sexuality or would have no judgment over other people wanting to do stuff with their butts, the shame of other people can still show up and have a ticket in the front row, right? Yeah, I think it always makes me a little bit sad that that's still like the general consensus around certain like physical pleasure acts has to mean that you have a specific sexuality, especially if it's something that you're, you know, I feel like when we're talking about sex toys, like I'm imagining that this person is wanting to gather things for solo pleasure. And it's kind of like, that doesn't, if it does mean something to you, cool. Like if that's a way that you're ex- exploring having what feels to you like like queerer sex alone, like that's awesome. But like it also doesn't have to mean that to you. It can mean to you whatever the fuck you want. Like and just because you enjoy having like a part, like literally your prostate, like uh, and like your like it feels nice and it doesn't have to mean anything about who the fuck you are as a person or how you announce yourself to the world. Like it's cool to just touch yourself nicely because you like yourself and like sexual health is self care. Like it is integral in my personal opinion. Like if it's your thing, it's not everyone's thing, but like to take care of yourself sexually. Like honestly, after I went to this ACE workshop, workshop, um, late last year it just made me start thinking about solo sex so much more and and I feel like there's a lot of times in my life where I'm like I feel like I um like I'm deficient in in sexual exploration or I'm not having enough sex and then just thinking really about more of like how can I create the sex life that I want with myself where I don't need to rely on other people and part of that is having some fucking dope ass tools that make me feel good like honestly one of my goals this year is to buy a new sex toy at least every month so that I can you know for a long time even though I've had people to talk to about this for a really long time it was until I like moved to Australia predominantly where conversations about these things became as casual as I wanted them to be that I I basically used vibrators for a really long time until I couldn't for a while I think I just got too sensitive for some reason you know um, like vulvas are a real shit sometimes they're hard to manage <laughs> they require very <laughs> special care um but you know it's only like literally in the last year I'm 29 that I've discovered that dildos are the fucking bee's knees and then I'm like wow, that's just like one possible extra area to like start exploring in. And like, I don't know, like literally like this week, I've gotten some more, but I'll talk about those a bit later. But you know, like when I buy these things, I'm like, I'm investing in me and my sex life because I feel like people really conflate sex as being just something that you do with other people. Absolutely. And even if this listener is thinking a bit about like 
you know, if it helps to think about how the sex toy buying and the sex toy using can make you a better partner. There's a quote that I really like from the book uh, She Comes First, which talks about sex toys a little bit. And the quote says, with toys, you can learn how to explore your entire body with greater patience and skill, understanding how to prevent immediate escalation to penis centric masturbation. This parlays well into appreciating your partner's body and learning how to both relax your lover while really turning them on. And I think that's a really great point. Uh, The She Comes First book talks a lot about avoiding escalation to penis-centric masturbation. And I think touching yourself sensually in ways that don't focus on your penis, if you're a penis haver, is maybe one of the most underexplored rare things. And looking at some some statistics, they were saying that when it comes to straight men, uh, it's like 44% or less of them have experience with sex toys for themselves. But then that goes up to like 66% or over for queer men and things like that. So if you find that you, you know, if this listener is mostly surrounded by straight men or having a hard time having conversations with straight men about it, maybe uh, try going to the queers in your life or chatting with the the ladies, the ladies. And, you know, these people that might have some more interesting things to say. Like, I can honestly say when I talk to my friends about sex toys, it's not an arousing conversation. You know, it's a bit silly and titillating and funny, uh, but it's not me arousing my friends, telling them an erotic tale about how I got myself off. It's usually like, this is cool. I like this part. This is really fun. Like, try this. Da 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 da. Like, you're not. You're not going to be inappropriate by, you know, talking to some of your friends about sex toys. And there probably are friends that would love to have those chats with you in a safe and approachable way. Yeah, like, it just comes back to people make sex so weird. Like, I just, like, I, like, I want my friends to be having great, fulfilling sex, you know. And if there's conversations that we can have or I think I could help, or if sharing my experiences would be good, like, there are convos that I want to have, and, like, I really hope that you've got some, you know, some friends in your life that, that want to know, you know, the full you, I, and I feel like, you know, I think it's worth mentioning, too, of, of, like, I feel like with all this sort of, you know, masculine fuck bitches, like, sort of, mantra sometimes around men and sex or you know men often feeling like creeps or that certain topics are off limits because it might be taken a wrong way and fear of being a bad guy and just like that whole bucket of slime you know I feel like that's an awful description of it but I think at least Lauren I hope you know what I mean (laughs) yeah definitely yeah I really feel like there are ways there are ways to ask and try and have these conversations and you know, ask for tips about what other people like, or even ask a friend to come shop with you, you know, if you're interested in going to a brick and mortar store, or if you're interested in even browsing an online store, like sometimes I'll, you know, go on to Love Honey or go on to Nikki Darling or something with Vix, and we're both sort of window shopping there together and like, oh, I have this one, this one's cool, or this is interesting, or what do you think about that, or what's on the wish list, and You know, it can be like a wholesome, supportive kind of thing. And honestly, like sex toys can kind of be like tattoos. Like once you've got some, you kind of just want more. So I promise that it'll get easier, dear listener. Yeah, I have a pretty big draw now. Um, 
It's really, it's really getting along. Um, I really did get, I was going to mention these later in the episode, but I may as well now. But <laughs> I actually, I actually got like um, a masturbator sleeve intended for a penis, but I was reading this cool uh, sex toy review and the woman was sort of describing about like queerifying different sex toys and describing using, you know, the um, labia, clitoris sort of area frontage of this masturbator and sort of using that as like a grinding slapping rubbing kind of toy for my puss and I'm like that sounds fun you know so that's like sitting in the hallway for me to use but funnily enough I can't use it right now talking about like talking about uh funny sex toy conversations just before we started this episode I was literally telling Lauren about the other toy that I got which is this crazy like rotating ice cream which I was like this looks cool like oh yeah because I really like licking toys but um I didn't know that I should use lube with it until I fucking gave myself friction burn so now I won't be fucking rubbing anything on myself for a little bit of time but now I can share that sweet experience with any pals that also think they want to be licked by an ice cream a little bit you know <laughs> <laughs> just incredible just incredible and you know and there you have it like they can be joyful joyful fun fun conversations and I mean you know I, I like listener what I think and what I find hot is not interesting in this conversation but I can tell you for sure dudes that have sex toys and use sex toys are hot you know like I have asked partners for videos and pictures and stuff of them using sex toys on penises and it's great it's hot it's a super sexy time so you know I absolutely approve it is more rather than less attractive to me again not that that's important no I think like as a general thing I think it's really a really cool thing for like someone as a sexual individual to put the time into themselves like and getting to know themselves like that I think that is hot as fuck like and that's the thing right of like I want to know how the toys feel and are they good and can I use them with you sometimes or or use them on you or you know kind of like also wanting to be a part of it like I feel like there's you know lots of fun to be had there now I feel like we'd definitely be remiss to not acknowledge the fact that there. Penis centric sex toys have straight up been fucking neglected by the market in general for sex toys, which I think is super relevant to a lot of the discussion that we've had about the the conversations kind of not existing or the toys that exist kind of reminding me of feeling the same way that a lot of heteronormative porn feels. Like it's kind of like this didn't have to be gross, but you made it gross. What's up with that? Why? Like, <laughs> yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of cheese or a lot of heteronormativity. And I do feel like those, like, you know, a sex toys for penises type stuff can have a little bit of sleaze factor. So honestly, like, look around at some reviews. Uh, there might be people talking on TikTok or on the internet and stuff about this that could be really interesting. We are absolutely like friend of the show. Nikki Darling does a great job where every toy that is on that store, you know, has been tried uh, and is recommended and could be a really great starting point. And you know that you're supporting a small uh, Melbourne, Melbourne based business as well. So 
you know, maybe try Nikki Darling as a first stop if you want to be not overwhelmed by a million choices and know that what you're getting might be real good. Yeah, because that's the thing, right? It's like when you're kind of breaking it down of like, what does even like solo sex look like with a sex toy? And even the question of like, what is a sex toy? Which really could be any kind of object that you use as an assistant to feeling pleasure. Like maybe, you know, obviously this is like, different and so maybe not related but it's like the classic of like uh, what are good things to do spanking with and you're like wooden spoons are real nice for that you know could be just a spoon or it's a fucking kink toy like what a like what kinds of sensations do you like on your body have you explored that you know even sort of like I talk a lot to my partner about um or something we've talked about in past is like what is like a luxury maz look like you know when you like really take your time and turn the lights down, put on some nice music, do some a nice scent thing if you're really into smell, like put on something sexy or take off all of your clothes and lay on the bed on top of the covers so that you can see your body. Or maybe you have a mirror to set up and kind of like do like a real slow start with like touching your body sensually and softly and 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 see where you go from there I feel like so much of um you know masturbation in general can just be really like gotta get the job done you know gotta whack one out I know exactly what to to watch to get me off like real quick but I think that's even a nice place to start like before even getting toys of like what kind of time are you putting into your solo sex right now? And like, how how do you make yourself feel good? And what do you know about what sensations make you feel nice? Absolutely. I think that's a really gorgeous little list. So kind of like on specific suggestions, like honestly, like penis centric toys is something that I've been becoming a little bit more interested in lately and have been really trying to do some research around. I think a cool little brand to start with that I think has has some pretty interesting products is called Tenga. Now, one of their really popular things that they have is um, sort of like, I guess there's sort of three layers. There's like number layer one, where it's like these, they come in an egg and it's kind of like a little uh, jelly <laughs> kind of uh, slip that you can slip over the, the head of your cock and it's got lots of um, stretch in it and each different little ball, you essentially like put the lube in it and then um, I guess jerk it up and down, you know, but they're all like textured differently they you know technically they're like single use but if you look after it and you wash it nicely you know you can use it a few times but maybe that's a really nice way to see like hey what kind of different textures do I like on my penis and where where do you like that focus you know because when you're mostly just used to I guess using your hand or holes or mouth of another you know there's a lot of different textures out there then you got like the the middle of their sort of basic range where they're kind of like these like air lock uh kind of sleeves and then there's the third where a bit more like I guess a classic masturbator but less kind of I guess anatomically focused I think but they've got a really cool one called the Tenga Flip which one of the the main hang-ups that I hear about that is hard is cleaning out these these masturbates, you know, because you you shoot your wad in there and then you're fucking scraping it out of this like 
gelatinous fake pussy, fake asshole, whatever is your hole of choice, you know. But the Tango Flip, you can actually just pop it open and just wash it out. So, you know, I feel like that's a really, uh, uh, that's one that I definitely want to buy for people to try because, you know, to make that cleanup easier and just feel nice, I'm like, fuck yeah, you know. Another nice area of exploration could just be some really simple vibrators. Like, where in your kind of genital region have you tried a vibrator? Like, have you tried knocking at the door? Have you tried on your taint? Have you tried around your scrote? Like, I don't know. What do you like? What at the head of your penis? The sides? Is it lubed up? What kind of texture is it? You know, there's a pretty wide breadth of different kinds of vibrators out there. That doesn't even get into wands. You know, things that vibrate are you know, personally something that I enjoy and it's not even just kind of like relegated to the nether regions, you know, like perhaps like, do you like nipple play at all? Like what kinds of sensations have you explored in a curious and meaningful way? And what tools have you allowed yourself um, to have those experiences with? There's so much ahead of you, dear listener. Like to summarize, we are so excited that you're exploring sex toys. We think that there's so many glorious options. The shame is so understandable. The stigma has absolutely been there, but that doesn't mean that it's not the right thing to do. And have a bit of an experiment, you know? You might buy some things and not absolutely love them, like all of us have made dud purchases before, but just give yourself some goes and just let yourself believe that you're worth it. Find people that will talk to you about this in really nice ways and uh, yeah, just just give it a bit of a go. Understand that, you know, your initial thoughts are absolutely understandable, but we really encourage you and the future looks beautiful. Mwah. We love you. Good luck. Gorgeous. So I love that we've got this robust little list there. And if we've sparked off anything that's interesting for you, of course, we recommend going back and having a look at the previous episode with Nikki Darling, where there is also the 10% off code for anyone that wants to go shopping as well. So have a listen to that episode, check the show notes for the code and have fun, everyone. Dear listeners, now we've gotten through the beautiful, meaty, lovely questions, we always like to wander on over into our weekly wonderful. So this is our way of sharing something that's brought us joy, sexy or otherwise, some celebrations, and I just, you know, I really like using it as a way of recommending what we're enjoying and just sharing a little bit of the fun. So Vix, what have you been loving over the past week or so? Okay, so, you know, when we're talking about things that have been making me really happy lately, um, I think that you might remember way back when um, that me and Lauren were supposed to have a beautiful Valentine's date that we planned, but, um, you know, we had a mini lockdown instead, so that was fun. So, I actually finally rebooked our uh, gin high tea Valentine's Day date, and we went, and it was so nice and lovely. It was one of those classic, like, A place that is like, we have like our, you know, our famous scones, you know, but it's like really like, wow, those flaky bad boys just, I've been actually fantasizing about them like all, (laughs) 
all week, uh, to be quite honest. And we, we had fancy little gin cocktails and like the most glorious, like attentive service. And Lauren looked very beautiful and even brought like, um, a beautiful, uh, book for us to look at together afterwards. And it was just a really nice time. And we just really enjoyed each other's company and took photos and fluffed about it on social media. And it just all felt so nice and normal and gorgeous. And I just feel real good about it. Like, and we, we even, um, you know, we ate to capacity, um, maybe (laughs) slightly beyond and then just, uh, came back to my house and took our pants off and just like dosed around until we felt like we could move around like humans again. But this book that she book wrapped, book book that she booked around, (laughs) Anyway, it was really gorgeous. It was called Women and it was by Nadia Lee Cohen. And it's just like with the most beautiful cinematic style photography. I didn't read the foreword because that's not really my style for this little ADHD brain. But Lauren was describing to me how the different uh, people that were in the book could all be revealed to varying different levels depending on what their comfort was. And they were just all sort of so beautiful and surreal with this sort of, it was like 70s style hairdos. How, how would you describe why this book was so gorgeous? I was just so captivated by the images. It is one that I'd seen the images online in smaller collections, but to hold that beautiful book in my hands and just see such powerful different visions of women and womanhood and to be femme. Yeah, it's really special. Mm, it was really efficient and beautiful photography where it felt like a cohesive work and it had sort of, you know, wanky terms, but like shared visual language of like styles of hair and blue eyeshadow and chunky manicures, not for everyone, but for a lot of them. And there was absolutely a drama and like a sadness to a whole lot of the photos that was just so fascinating. So we'll put the name of the photographer in the show notes. Uh, It links to her Instagram. Definitely go and recommend that you go and have a look at these beautiful images because They're very beautiful women, but it's not all about being beautiful in the shots. And it's just really, really cool. So it's very gorgeous. Yeah, it's wild for something to feel so raw, even though it's been so uh, well manicured and presented with such intention. So that was great. A perfect date. I had a really nice time. I also, in the time since we recorded last, uh, you know, we keep talking all the time about seeing professionals on this show. So, you know, it was about bloody time I went and fucking saw one. So, you know, a very gorgeous human for my Valentine's Day date um, gifted me the experience of seeing a professional. So it was a professional dom that I saw. And uh, yeah, I got to experience a little bit more of like, what do I like of the the basic kink world? And how does it feel when a professional does a variety of different things? And I'm really keen for us to do a bit of a deep dive because both of us have had experiences with kink professionals now. So I'd really love us to have a big conversation about it. And if any of the listeners are hearing this and they're very curious and they might like to do it themselves or they have questions about it, please start sending them in and we will do an episode all about it sometime. Oh my God, that sounds very yummy and I'm very keen. (laughs) 
Oh my God, I didn't mention that I have a great new person that I'm living with who is amazing and so lovely, but they have also brought along their amazing cat. And I've been craving cat loving in my life so bad. And now I have this big, beautiful ginger boy who will allow me to pick him up and cuddle him and he will follow me and he will sleep on my bed and he will come on the couch and sit by my butt and he will purr when you've only touched him for like three to five seconds and he is just so beautiful and I'm like wow I I I forget why people love having animals so much because they just bring you such unfounded joy um so you know I've been feeling pretty pretty good about that uh yeah I just wanted to share that that's beautiful. Honestly, like my my cat, she is absolutely that same source where I like I pick her up, I put her my face in her tummy, and I call her silly names, and it's just just a a totally pure joy moment in my day every time. So you know, cuddle your pussies, everybody. That's what we're really saying. <laughs> okay, so for my little weekly wonderful, uh, I've also got a book. I really enjoyed reading uh, Smut Peddler Presents Silver. So Smut Peddler is a collective, I believe, of like a comic book creator or a group of editors. And they work with really cool artists that make short story comics that are focused around something sexual relationship wise or otherwise. I got a copy of this because a friend of the show, Hien, was an artist in one of the chapters. Uh, His chapter was so extremely cute about two guys that kind of bond over dogs in the park and have like a really tender, sexy shower together. And I totally loved it. Um, He signed it for me and drew a cute little comic in the front and it's just the sweetest little book to get. But then reading the rest of it, it was a really awesome, super inclusive comic collection and the silver theme just means that it's for older, it's got older characters. There's characters that are over 40. Sometimes all the characters are older, sometimes just some of them are older. And it was really genuinely sexy and I saw bodies I've never seen before in like sexy comic art and stuff, which is something that I really like. So I just really loved it. And then I went and instantly bought Smut Peddler's collection called Monster Boyfriend that's all about supernatural guys in sexy situations. And I'm like, I can't wait for that to arrive either. So I really, really enjoyed it. And I would say the other thing that I've been enjoying lately is that I've gotten a bit more involved in a new social group of other adults. I don't really know what sort of name to call it, but it's a group of adults that are interested in like going to sexy events or going to kink events or being sex nerds about stuff. And it's just really nice to dip my toes into a new social group that's not So it's not a group that's involving a lot of my previous friends or it's not involving a lot of people from my industry. So I find that I just feel a lot more relaxed about, you know, just the thought of getting to know some new people. And other adults will tell you it's really hard to make friends with when you're an adult. (laughs) Yeah, friendship's really hard. Um, These sound like beautiful things. Beautiful, beautiful things. I love these for you. Speaking about beautiful things, Vix, I think we wanted to share a review. We really want to encourage people that if you send us a review, we will read it on the show because it totally makes our day. And uh, we love to make our little reviewers feel special. So if you want to hear your gorgeous words read in our dulcet tones, please chuck us a little happy review. 
Now, today we have a lovely review from Ben on the website Podchaser. If you aren't on Podchaser, it's a website that you can join up to where you can collect and listen to podcasts that you think are awesome, as well as reviewing individual episodes, reviewing the show as a whole. There's lots of things you can do there, and that is one of the places that you can leave us reviews. Now, on with the review! I have learned so much from this podcast, and it's always such a delight to listen to. Because the hosts are discussing real-life listener questions and drawing from their own experiences, a lot of the advice is very practical. It's stuff you can actually try out for yourself and for your partner, partners. So many things to try concretely to improve your experience with sex and relationships. Smiley face. How nice is that? How nice! I love that. Wholesome review for a wholesome show. Thank you so much, Ben. It honestly gives us the biggest smile emoji of all (laughs) when people are this sweet and leave us lovely reviews. Truly, it's like being like, you know, real, like honest, like this is a pleasure project that we, we do for free because these are topics that we care extremely deeply about. The, the topics that we discuss are often things that we have put a lot of personal work into and things that have made our lives a lot more enriched and delicious. Like, I honestly feel like by doing the show, myself and Lauren really continue to grow and learn more about ourselves. And I really hope um, that you're getting something lovely out of it. And if you are, something like a review or honestly... More importantly, telling a friend that you think might like the show about the show and to listen to it would honestly mean the fucking world. Please and thank you. (laughs) So I think that's quite enough of our voices. This has been quite a long episode, I think. I don't know. I don't do the cutting. (laughs) Good luck, Lauren. Um, (laughs) uh, So I guess the last ask is if you do have a question, we'd bloody like to hear it as per usual. You can slide into our DMs with your questions at DoneWonderfully on Twitter or message us anonymously at our Curious Cat. Now, Curious Cat is a place where, yes, you really can send anonymous messages and we will have no idea who you are. Not one bloody idea unless you put your name. But even then, I don't know. There's a lot of Sarahs out there. Who's to say? But if you do want to send us a message on Curious Cat, you can find it at curiouscat.qa slash done. Wonderfully Done can be downloaded pretty much wherever the fuck you listen to your podcast. So get amongst it. Tell a friend. And hey, you're doing wonderfully. <laughs>